I just realized we missed an entire kill. The character whose entire history was being a pedophile. Oh, and he fuck, we forgot about he that. Killed, though. He went to the hospital. The one person that deserves to... Oh, yeah. The... Well, it's, it's shot like yeah. a kill. It's portrayed like a kill, but... We can't we can't play that on the podcast. We'll want, be killed. I love the new Joji song. It's great. Okay, fair enough. But emo hip hop, roughly, kind of. But you can't play that on the podcast, or we will be killed. Well, if he has permission to play it, and then everyone will listen to it. That would be nice, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, this is a Chudcast. We watched Sleepaway Camp, which was just the first thing that came to mind. I thought we were going to go back and do the rest of Texas Chainsaw, but. Uh, other slasher things called to our attention. It's the summer. Oh, this, those out. That's that's what. Yeah, that's yeah. the summer. Summer camp. If I were to actually say a nice thing about the movie, it did give me some nice memories of when I had done camp stuff through school. Like I didn't do any like uh, summer camps when I was a kid, but I did some fall and winter camping stuff uh, through my school, and that was kind of cool. And you know, similar environment. You're in the cabins. They weren't very long, like they were a week or less, but... This movie was technically shot during, like, the fall, which is... Yeah. So it kind of works. Well, it's it's one of those things where you don't notice unless you pay really close attention to the, some of the details. Like, you shoot whenever you can shoot, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Granted, gr- granted we were watching it on uh, Prime, which had a 1080p master on it, probably from Yeah, that's the, a, it's a good quality rip. It. it looked nice. Yeah, it was. Yeah, there was... a. There were some details that I think rather could have gone without, but hey, <laughs> there were a lot of very tight short shorts. If you catch my drift, <laughs> yeah. This, okay, so to preface, uh, Sleepaway Camp is a 1983 slasher summer camp horror movie, and it looks as 80s as anything can. Uh, you, you've mm-hmm. got some extremely short shorts on everybody. You got some some high waistlines on some pants. It's it's 80s, all right. Very. It is very much yes. Like, and this like, was a first-time film uh, by Robert Hiltzik. Is that how you pronounce that? I think that? so. I don't. So I, I can Hiltzik. extremely tell that it's a first-time film because I want to say it has the most stilted dialogue I've ever heard in a lot of cases. For like, real. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's it's, it's not like, quite um, Troll 2 levels of the actors would protest at having to read this, but I think it approaches it in some areas. I, I suppose a lot of it would have to do with the fact that they worked with a lot of adolescent actors at the time, and you know, child actors are always kind of notorious for not being very good, especially in the early days before people knew how to deal with children, the little monsters. Yeah, but the adults aren't particularly good. No, at the adults, the adults either, are not great so. either. Um, there's a particular the the sequences with their aunt, the one who takes care of the two kids in the beginning. Uh, her dialogue is a particular treat because she's basically a lobotomized Mary Poppins. I love it. It's honestly wonderful. I think it was supposed to sound like like that's that's the least upsetting of any of the bad dialogue to me because she's supposed to sound deranged and she's like, oh no, that won't do at all. No, no, no. Like, okay, (laughs) we get it. Like, it goes on longer than it needs to be. Way longer. it fits in the way you expect. Um, Speaking of length, this movie is an hour and 26 minutes. But yep. it, I, you could cut this down to almost an hour, I think. Like, 
It yeah, has dialogue yeah. problems, is one way of putting it. Like you could, you could cut out the vast majority of like the relationship drama and probably save yourself about twenty minutes. You could cut out like the opening intro and save yourself about five to six minutes. That's true, actually. You gotta have that set up, though. Yeah, I mean, you you could shorten it. You could shorten yeah. the intro significantly. You can shorten a lot of the dialogue scenes significantly, and the movie would be just fine. I think one of the one of the things about it is that the way the dialogue is written is that you get it pretty quickly. Like they establish what the point of the scene is. You get the interaction you need. And then they repeat it three or four or five or six times. Yep. Basically. Yep. Nothing says, nothing, nothing says padding for time, like redundant dialogue. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's a slasher movie. That's just kind of boring a lot of the time, mm-hmm. since you've got a lot of dragged out character interaction where you understand the point of the scene right away, but then they just kind of continue and continue and, it's got a bit of like boring TV teen drama going on to it. Like just, okay. Yep. There's, there's basically four young kid characters we have to care about. So, uh, there's Angela, there's Ricky, there's Paul and there's Judy. And then there's basically just a bunch of cardboard cutouts. So you can kind of stratify into, okay, she's kind of nice. She's a jerk. He's a jerk. He's a jerk. You just figure it out really quickly. And then, I think, did they expect me to keep track of all no. of them? I kept track of like two of them. Not really. It uh, feels like there's probably a lot of drafts of this that actually gave some people character arcs who they just kind of couldn't fit it into the version they actually filmed. Like Mozart is one of the kids and he has yeah. a knife for some reason and he gets picked on a lot, but he's also a good at catching baseball. Okay. I mean, what that's was all right. playing? Was that a game and watch? That was a game and watch style LCD game. Yes, he Hell was. Yeah. He was a. Uh, he was playing the field in baseball, and he was just standing out there playing. It looked like a boxing game, just a little LCD game. A and true, a true gamer. Yeah, a true epic Fortnite gamer in 1983. But mm-hmm. he drops it and catches the baseball, and his team wins, and that's a catalyst for some of the conflict. But the the movie sets itself up pretty clearly. Uh, it starts with a scene of a boating accident where a dad and two kids all get run over by a boat. And, you know, that's, that's a, it's a perfectly good intro. It's a little longer than it needs to be, but it's like, okay, you know, we've got our, our incident that sets up the later stuff. Um, and then it cuts to eight years later and we see two kids go to sleepaway camp. Um, and one of them is uh, Angela and the other one is Ricky and Angela is Ricky's cousin. And uh, Ricky's mom is super weird, like with that opening scene. So they go to camp. Um, kids are just kind of jerks to each other. It's got like uh, actual swearing kids, which is which is fine. I'm glad that eventually came back in the media after dropping out for for some yeah. time because it is R rated. They might as well use it, right? But basically, uh, they both get picked on and they have their squabbles. Like uh, Ricky's ex girlfriend. He calls her a steady. Did people use the phrase "going steady" in the eighties? Still, I don't. I wasn't alive in the eighties. Uh, I don't maybe. know. Maybe. So I want to get someone from the eighties here. Yeah, one of the retrospectives I read did say that it felt like an eighties movie that was still trying to escape being in the seventies, and that that kind of rings true for me. Like it, it feels like an older horror movie. It's not a full on like. The eighties did two things: they got lurid and they got self aware. This one is not. It, oh, it's, I guess it's lurid, but it's stylistically, it feels a little bit older, I want to say. Yeah, sure. Like maybe Robert Hitzlick was uh, kind of referencing what he knew and he, he was well versed in the horror of the 70s and that just kind of bled through to it. But just to cut the plot pretty short, 
Uh, it seems that anyone who wrongs either of the two kids, uh, Ricky or Angela, winds up dead. There's some kill scenes that some are better than others. Some of them don't really make sense to me. I guess no. people remember them fondly. I didn't particularly think they were great, but I mean, eh. Like the what do you guys think of the kills? Mediocre. The B kill wasn't great. Yeah, the yeah yeah the shower stabbing wasn't particularly great either. She just kind of like had her back against the wall and just the, the you know, shower just stabbing of, is one that was probably really cool in somebody's head. Like he had a yeah. great concept of it. Like oh, and the knife comes through the wall and slashes her down the back. And like if it was shot much better, I'm sure it could have been a pretty effective, disturbing kill. But it just sort of looks like she just like puts her back to the wall and she's like, oh no! And you see a knife being dragged through from the other side. It's like, yeah, actually, I take that, the- that definitely was better in your head than how it was uh, actually best shot. A cur- uh, best kill actually is just the curly nine kill. Because I'm pretty the sure one? they shove... It's vague. Bag. It's Well, it's it's a phallic curling iron kill. You oh, just see right. a shadow of a curling iron being raised yeah. and then screaming. It doesn't even make particular sense to me because it's... Well, I don't know. Well, she also smothered her with a pillow, so yeah, that's probably the actual kill. But, but the, still, it's like the B kill. Man. The B kill also doesn't make much sense to me. It's it's like someone had a cool idea that they executed on about as badly as they could. Because so there's a guy in a stall taking a dump, and someone blocks the handle so he can't open it from the inside anymore. And then they cut open the window behind him and drop in a hive of bees, and he dies in about five seconds of bee exposure. I mean, even if, like, you were to die for that, like, if you're a hypo, well, you can't just crawl under. Like, at that point, it's like, I should just crawl. Well, yeah, because they do a bunch of shots of his legs, like his shorts around his legs. And the, the, the floor, like, level of floor to the bottom of the stall is, like, two feet almost. Like, it's you could just kind of crawl under it. As soon as bees entered the stall, you would just like pull your pants back on and slide out from under and just yell, screaming, what the fuck? There's bees. But he just instantly dies of bees. There was no setup where like someone says like I'm hyperallergenic to bees. Like there is no setup to that. If, if- yeah, I'm definitely allergic. I, I will. I will die so badly to bees if even one bee gets me. No, it's just that I guess we're just supposed to take it. On the movie's word that a beehive is that deadly, yeah. I guess. There's a drowning death, which is also boring as shit. You know, like you've got a guy who's currently hiding in an overturned canoe, and an unknown figure pops up in the water next to him, and then just sort of puts his head underwater, and he instantly dies. Also, like it wasn't even violent. It didn't look like a drowning. It's just like boop, you're underwater. You yeah, died. no struggle. Yeah, well, yeah, well, you know, it's. Yeah, yeah, I'm surprised. I'm surprised, like, she was drowning that guy under the kayak. I, th- I thought, like, a little bit of splashing would come up under the under the boat or something. Like, a little bit of movement, maybe? Like, try and if, get out of the way? If you put somebody's head underwater, they die. That's the rules. <laughs> it's, it, 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 it's Assassin's Creed rules, where if you drown into water, you melt. No, it's, it's, it's better. It's Tony Hawk rules, where it's just, like, if you touch more than, like, a few inches of water, you just infinitely sink to the bottom. Like your whole yeah. I was gonna say infinitely sinking. It's more like Dark Souls rules, where as soon as you lose your bearing and slip over the edge into water, you just sink like falling at terminal velocity through the water. Yeah, I think there's the movie's kind of hard to talk about because the only thing most people remember about it is twist, which is not a particularly great twist, but it's one of those things that's kind of knocking around in the pop culture subconscious for many many years. So it's been. It's been repeated independently. Like other people have tried to come up with this twist, 
but like most of the movie is just kind of it's it's very fumbly like it sets up the right questions as in like oh everyone who seems to offend or wrong either of these two cousins here at camp winds up dead and you're wondering like um are are either of them doing it is someone looking out for them and doing these vengeance murders like it's it has you asking the right questions but i think it telegraphs itself clearly enough cuz it's like it's not shocking enough that okay here's the spoiler is that uh <laughs> the actual killer was angela and yep. it's like if if a movie is about hey anyone who fucks with this person gets killed one of the first people you would suspect is are they just getting revenge for themselves and they're surprising people so no one figures it out like that's that's not that shocking the actual shock factor was kind of like they put this together in a bit of a rush it's kind of a jumble but basically they they give you like a minute and a half long psychosexual whirlwind tour of the two cousins of well, actually of the two kids we see in the intro it turns out their dad was secret gay and they saw that at some point so that's supposed to mean something and then it shows like some implied like playing house type stuff and then it cuts forward and it turns out the little boy of the duo was the actual survivor and uh the weirdo aunt raised little boy as Angela instead because she wanted a little girl and Angela is a super duper psycho killer who does like a zombie scream at the end in the movie and that wasn't even Felicia Rose. That was some extra who was paid. I forgot how much he was paid. He was paid like a decent amount of money and a thing of beer. Five dollars. He, 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 he got beer at the end of this. That's what that was what he was charged. And if you actually like go back and watch this movie and where you see like the last shot where they're walking on the beach, you can see in the background the guy getting ready for that shot. You just kind of like see him like dropping yes. trout, just getting ready. Yeah, like, okay, he, I'm a dong double. Here yeah, I go. Like you, that guy who played him, you cannot identify him. There's there's no record of that guy in this. Like, ever. huh? He's just like, oh, he was just doing the lights, or he was a carpenter on the sets, or something. It's just like, hey, we need someone's dong very briefly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we, well, yeah we need one donger, please. Actually, that was even a real dog. Exactly that dog was one. Paper mache. Wait, oh, really? stunt, yeah, dog. stunt dog. Oh. Fuck. It's very, All very right, tasteful well. of them. Yeah. <laughs> so I think the problem with Sleepaway Camp is that basically the the writer set out to write at least one shocking thing that would get people talking and make the movie memorable. And he succeeded, I guess, because people still remember Sleepaway Camp. Like it, it did achieve cult hit status. I, when I was researching just shortly after we watched it, I was just like, "What? What did everyone else think of the twist?" And there was a, I think it was Collider had a pretty decent retrospective on it. It's like he succeeded. It's just the movie wasn't very good. Basically, yeah. is that yeah. he, he did something that was shocking enough that people recalled it, but uh, the movie itself was just kind of like pretty pretty standard schlock and then at the very end the twist is is what people what stuck with people essentially it felt like they shot the like beginning six minutes and the ending three minutes first and then they were like oh yeah we gotta oh shit we gotta make a movie (laughs) fuck damn it (laughs) we gotta make a movie shit as far as like summer camp slashers go like these are movies that are entirely populated by stock characters essentially yep so 
I mean, then that can be done well. You can have a perfectly fun, entertaining version of all these, like, you know, you've got the jerk jock, you've got the alpha mean girl, you've got all that. Like, you can play those characters in a way that's at least entertaining to watch and still telegraphs, you know, just very basic cardboard cutout. But this this movie just kind of does that, and all the scenes are like five and a half minutes long after you've already got the point. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's... It's... Hmm. I mean, I got some chuckles at some of the deaths. They weren't bad. Like, there, there were some decent ones. Like, I was kind of laughing in a ridiculous way at the B scene. Because yeah. it's, it's creative. It doesn't really work that well. But it's, like, A for effort, I guess. Yeah, no, it's, um... Yeah, like, I don't even know. Like, they like like they really did the... They really overdid the, uh... Like, the, like the stand-in body work for that B thing. Like, I don't think B stings get that big or that pustuous or whatever. Like, like I, I was wondering, like, were, were they supposed to be killer bees? Or was what? it just like, I have an idea for a bee death. Let's shoot this. Bee death, bee death. <laughs> bee death. This was in a time when, like, Friday the 13th came out a few years before that. Uh, I think the second one came out a few years before this. And, you know, like, with a slasher, you gotta have memorable kills. And this movie doesn't really have any other than the curling iron and the bees. And... <laughs> yeah, and it's like... It, it feels like kind of a cash-in. Like, it's it's now part of the public consciousness that you can do summer camp slasher movies. So I'm guessing this was just kind of written to sort of follow along in that trend because horror movies are getting somewhat more popular, somewhat <laughs> more profitable in the 80s. Yeah. So well, there is a very big follow-the-leader motivation there. Yeah, and, and this movie was compared to, like, um, uh, Friday the 13th a whole bunch, too, when it came out, I believe. According, so, according here's to the part we haven't talked about yeah. is the fact that there are five Sleepaway Camp movies. Um, oh no! Oh no! There was five. a so there was a two, a three, and a four that all came out in fairly well, close succession. Those were eighty eight. The fourth movie was never finished. What? Oh, it, it exists. <laughs> was never most, finished. Most because like they were making the movie, they got like a third of it done. And midway through, they ran out of funding. Okay. Well, it was finished, though, because it says in November 2010, Fangoria Magazine made an official announcement of the film's completion. The final version was announced to run just over 70 minutes and was released in 2012. And most of that movie is B-footage from the other three movies. What? Oh, it's a shitty clip show. God. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, reading this plot summary, it looks like it was just a shitty clip show. Well, it takes it takes most other series like what five, six, seven entries to get enough footage to actually do a shitty clip show. Like Faces of Death has multiple ones of those that are just sort of like recut from previous films in the series, right? This one, this movie, they got three done and they found a reason to cut together a fourth from garbage. Well, one more thing, Warren. <laughs> the fourth movie ignores the other three sequels. Fuck. <laughs> it, it pulled the- Wait, so this does have a basic branch to it. We got Sleepaway Camp, and then we got 2, 3, and 4, which are quote-unquote direct sequels. And then we've got the direct direct sequel, the Nintendo direct sequel, which is Return to Sleepaway Camp, the only other film that Robert has ever directed. 
this is I'm I'm reading the Wikipedia summary of Return to Sleepaway Camp, which was the latest re- directed DVD sequel released in 2008. And boy, I'm I, I I'm reading the words, um, but the fishing line. My is- eyes just snapped to the fact that it says lighting farts, and that's a <laughs> hyperlink on the Wikipedia article. Yeah, no, y- 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 yeah, no, it says, but the fishing line is tied to the jeep and tears off Randy's penis. <laughs> Boy, and then no, and then no. She she causes Angela causes a brake fluid leak in a car and flags down Sheriff Pete, the real sheriff. She murders him by dropping the car on his head and steals his clothes to become the new sheriff. Because that's how what? being the sheriff works. If you steal the sheriff's clothes, you're oh, the sheriff. Oh, now. Okay, I don't know if we're ever get to this movie. <laughs> that's the plot twist. Because we're gonna forget about this when we actually ever get to see this movie. Um. The reason why yeah. she can disguise herself as a sheriff, she hides the fact that it's like, oh, I smoke too much. So it has one of those voice synthesizers you put over your um, uh, neck or your throat. Oh, oh my God. That, and that's how she gets away, like walking around the camp being this like sheriff who has to have a. Um, oh. uh, that's OK. That's yeah, that's, that's a right. reasonably twisty twist. Yeah. Now all I can think about is the idea of a movie where, like, if you kill a sheriff, you become the sheriff, and there'll be sheriffs trying to kill each other. The sheriff whole Battle film. Royale. That sounds cool. Yeah it's, yeah, it's Sheriff Battle Royale. Sheriffs all across the country have to fight each other, and whoever wins becomes the sheriff. That's uh, the sequel to Crime Cop, where in the future, uh, the law is illegal, and Crime Cop has to break the law to make the law legal again, yep. because it's currently against the law to be a cop. You know what's funny? The first... Two sequels actually had uh, Pamela Springsteen as Angela, and Pamela Springsteen as Bruce Springsteen's younger sister. That's hmm. weird. Celeb connection. There you yeah. go. Pamela Springsteen. Yeah, has she been in anything else? Like I am just looking for uh, nothing since 1990 for film credits. Family ties in 1985. So, there's so many people who are like celebrity adjacent who have been in things like this, but they don't all pan out and. Presumably, they just get regular jobs. I, guess. Hmm. I mean, not everyone who does Hollywood stuff stays in it, I suppose. All right, then. Well, good episode. Good, solid 20 minute episode. Yeah, like there's like there's like there's really nothing to there's, there's nothing really interesting that happens in this movie besides its ending. Like it's 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 extremely stock through and through like, you know couple of okay kills um bunch of hashtag teen drama and then a uh ending which explores a whole bunch of weird psychosexual shit so you know which it just kind of throws at you really like really very, quickly near very the end of the quickly film. It, it, it just splat flips over the table at you basically yeah <laughs> this whole thing reeks of gender <laughs> as I turn Sleepaway Camp into Slashaway Camp. The end. All right, All right the end. The end. All right, I'm going to... Remake, sequel? No. no they are apparently, <laughs> according to an article from 2013, a remake of Sleepaway Camp is being considered, and knowing Hollywood, it may be a thing. I would like that. It will well, probably be a thing. It I seems like something where... You actually could make this really good. You yeah. have to find the absolute best director. You could make sort of a, a a paranoid exploration of like gender and trauma and summer camp and do it in a very new, very different way. I don't think that's the movie they're going to make. They're just going to make some gorier version of this that is directed by maybe e- differently written. I don't want to say much better. Directed by Eli Roth. Yeah, Eli Roth. Thank you. With 
Uva Ball on the writing credits. All right, there we Direct go. Direct to Redbox. Direct to Redbox. No, no, only. no, no Blu-ray. Direct yeah. to Crackle. Yeah, direct. <laughs> I was gonna say, I'm trying to think of like what what's the only thing that could be more of like a bury this in a lead box than just winding up in a deep section of yep. Amazon. Direct to crackle. Yep. That's direct it. to crackle. There we direct go. Direct to Tubi. All right, which has a movie called House Shark in it. <laughs> well, well, this is going to be a a Sony a, a Sony sponsored five part TV miniseries direct to crackle. Remember Powers? No, no, nobody remembers Powers. Fuck off. I I must remind everyone that there is a movie that is available on Amazon Prime right now called Inhuman Witch, where a killer sloppy Joe sandwich murders people. And this is a thing that people got paid money to make, I assume. But that gives me hope for the future of Sleepaway Camp. Because if they Next can make episode, that... I mean... It's on Prime. We all got Prime. We can watch Inhuman Witch. Oh, Jesus Christ. Inhuman yeah, Witch. Thinking, what are we doing? All right. Have, let's see. Nope. It's my turn. M- Mom said it's my turn to pick the movie. We're watching Inhuman Mom, Mom Witch. Mom says it's my turn to pick the movie. <laughs> okay, Inhuman, which is next. Fuck! Uh, thank you for listening. What are we? What are we doing? All right. <clears throat> yeah, do the intro. Do the outro. Uh, drop that shit. Thanks for listening to the Chudcast. You can find us on Twitter at Chudcast, spelled C H U D C A S T. And if you like the podcast, please support us on Patreon at Patreon.com/slash/Chudcast. We'll be posting bonus episodes or uh, spread the word on Twitter and stuff. Tell people about this podcast, please. For the love of God, tell people. <laughs> Let people know the good word. I'm Gordon. You can find me on Twitter at Gordon1470. Uh, my co-hosts are Rain. You can find him at Twitter at, at ProRain, spelled B-R-O-R-A-Y-N. And Gearmarine, who you can now find on Twitter at Gearmarine, and who may not be entirely real, but is currently uh, at a summer camp of his own, trying to play Fortnite in the camp shower, but then someone stabs him. But then it turns out that someone who stabs him was him all along. Twist!